0: Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN
1: Sports Reno. Welcome in Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN uh, Reno, as we're all set up uh, all over the West, beaming to Reno. Willie is live in Las Vegas. I am on the road in San Diego. Ari is at the Finley Toyota Studios. We always start off the 4 o'clock hour with the big Ford Four. Let's do it.
0: Battleborne Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four
1: Number Four I'll tell you, Willie, after that 7 nothing victory with five home runs in Game 3, it looked like the Phillies, the Las Vegas Phillies could roll in this series against the Astros but the Astros' quality, lineup-wise, and also pitching depth has shined through the last couple of games and now the Phillies backs against the wall and probably not feeling real good about their chances
2: Yeah, I was. There were a couple games there where it really looked as if uh, Philadelphia could take advantage, especially with the series going back for three games Um, up and down the lineup. This is a team that thrived on its timely hitting, its its quality at bats, um, and it just the pitching for Houston the last few games. It's just the depth is where we see the domination, and Philly just couldn't. You know they couldn't capitalize. I mean, there was that shot to the wall. That I'm sitting there watching that live. I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, here we go. And McCormick makes that catch. And I just think that that that, that particular play, they would have had to do a lot more. It's not as if that was going to, you know, but I think that was just the backbreaker to show you just how talented Houston is. And now they go back to Houston. Philly to win two, like I think Philly could win one, but just to win two on the road in Houston is going to be tough against that uh, that entire pitching staff
1: in this era if they win the World Series again we can start talking dynasty right
2: absolutely I just think that it's going to be tainted by all the people that are going to say obviously call them cheaters and talk about you know I, I think that that hurts them but I think that it's safe that you can say that it's probably been the most dominant team of our of this particular era and it's fair to give them that title it's just there's going to be that tag, and it's and they're never going to escape it. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what argument you come with. It, they're going to have to carry that tag, and that's just the bottom line.
1: But this could go on for another three or four years. I mean, Easily. Verlander will be, will be gone at some point, but the depth of the organization, because yeah. you know, a lot of people don't watch baseball all the time, I don't think realize the Astros have all of these young pitchers who keep coming up through the pipeline. You know, right. guys who are 23 to 28 years old, they just have power arms. Uh, over and over and over again. The crazy thing is, some of their best pitching prospects, like Forrest Whitley, was a guy, uh, you know, was one of their best pitching prospects, and he's still trying to come back from arm injuries, a 6'7 dude who throws super hard. Like, there's more coming through the pipeline. I mean, they, they could make the World Series in two of, you know, or three of the next four seasons. And then all of a sudden, we're looking at what, you know, uh, World Series in like five of eight or six of eight seasons. That's
2: insane. Right. And they don't have to win every single one of them. Like, if they could make, let's say, the, they could. Let's say they make, I don't know, four of the next six and win two of those four. It just keeps yeah. adding on to, because we're already, you know, if they win one of the next two and they win this year, we're already talking about dynasty. So they're just adding on to the dynasty. And they're further distancing themselves from the, you know, the controversial year. So it it somewhat helps that legacy in that, A hey, okay, once they got past that, they still were doing it. And so it's, you know, it's it, it, it's a very impressive run right now, and I don't see it dying off from the American League anytime soon. The road yeah. goes through Houston no matter which team we're talking about.
1: And you get my point on the year apart because now it is harder than ever because the extra level of playoff games. I mean, yeah. the, the Yankees yeah. and Dodgers uh, have great farm systems. Well, not so much the Yankees anymore, but the Dodgers do. They augment with free agents. They get aggressive via trades. Uh, you know whatever they're spending payroll wise a combined uh 500 million dollars and it's not like the Dodgers are making the World Series every year and the Yankees are can 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 barely get through the playoffs it's hard to get through the playoffs now
2: yeah i mean that's what, and, and we we saw that you know this year in terms of scrappiness you're right i mean Philadelphia has been an underdog in every single series and yet they've made it to where, to to the World Series, so there's no guarantee. It's 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 uh it doesn't matter the payroll. It doesn't matter the you know the uh, you know the stigma of the organization. Like you said, I mean the Dodgers, the Yankees, they haven't proven anything. Houston is proving, um, you know, proving that it is the dominant team right now, and it's doing it its way.
1: Number three. Is the dominant franchise of the future, the Philadelphia Eagles, now 8-0, well, win last night on the road mm-hmm. against the Texans, good young players. Jalen Hurts right now on a small deal could be the quarterback. I mean, I, I think most people assume he's going to be the quarterback of the future. Just how good is this 8-0 and team?
2: Well, it's it's impressive. I, I mean, he's, he's impressive. I just don't know yet – I'm not going to take anything away from him. I just don't know if he's the dominant guy, if he's the – you know, when Kansas City came about, we saw Patrick Mahomes, right? Now with Buffalo, we're talking about Josh Allen. Like, like, I think he's part of the team, and it's, and it's a complete team effort. If It's the defense, really, that is allowing the this team to open things up. Uh, you think about it, this team has held four straight teams to 17 points or less – and since opening the season 38 to 35 at Detroit, this team has allowed no more than 21 points. So the defense is what's impressive. Um, the offense is just being consistent and steady and, and sort of moving the ball efficiently. But it's, it's a good balance. There's really not been a dominant effort outside of the game at Washington. It gained like 72 yards on the ground and through and, and there was 328 through the through the air. But it really hasn't been a dominant passing effort. It's, it's just great balance. The other thing to be wary of with this team is the quality of competition. If you roll through here and look at who this team has beaten, it beat Detroit. Minnesota is a quality win. Washington, Jacksonville. Arizona, okay, give them that. Dallas, give them that. But Pittsburgh, Houston. Next week, it's got Washington. Then Indianapolis. Then Green Bay. These are teams that are not having great years. So I'm not taking anything away from being undefeated. I'm just going to hold in reserve the word dominant organization because come playoff team time, I want to start looking at teams that are battle tested. You know, and it's going to be. It could be a different story come come the postseason if this team hasn't been tested yet.
1: You know that Jalen Hurts is plus 375 for the MVP? Just plus 375. And we had a discussion uh, yesterday about this. I wanted to roll it by you, not on the MVP, but on Jalen Hurts. If he wins the MVP and they win a Super Bowl, what are we talking about money-wise for this guy? Dan Graziano from ESPN, one of their NFL insiders, was saying, all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts can start asking for $35, 40000000 million a year. I think that's completely
2: insane. Yeah. And you said, why not? Well, because no, he's right. He can ask it. It's right. insane, but he can. I mean, if if he rolls this team through, like do you think that they're going to go undefeated? I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. No. It's no. it's that that's just a tough chore, right? I mean, right. there there are a couple of games here where it could get tripped up. It could get tripped up in New York. It could get tripped up in Dallas. The big the, the tough thing for that team is playing three road games over 13 days, 14 days, December 11th to December 24th. It goes to New York, goes to Chicago, goes to Dallas. So those are tough games. But the point is, if they roll through the the regular season impressively, they get through the postseason, they win the Super Bowl, he wins the MVP and or the Super Bowl MVP, he absolutely has every right to ask for that kind of money because look what he did. It's crazy to think that, but the door's open. I mean... We've seen it happen. Other players that have that have been there for their teams. I mean, the the rise of Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs, it could very well be. And again, I say this it's because the Eagles are impressive on both sides of the ball. The defense is what's impressive to me.
1: Number two. Next year, Jalen Hurts potentially could be making more money than Derek Carr. Really?
2: Well, Maybe. And, next- his,
1: and and here's the question. Who's Derek Carr playing for next year? Is it the Raiders? Do they have to renegotiate this contract again for him to stick around? And now the latest on Carr and his kind of mediocre play this year, apparently he's got a back injury, which finally popped up on the Raiders injury report this week and he he worked a little less this week than he normally would in terms of practicing. What do you make of the back injury for Derek Carr?
2: He was on the injury report last week also. Okay. So Let's not okay. forget about that. Good, he, good he, correction. So, and was it was it listed as back? I'll double-check that um, as we're talking here. But, yeah, not that important. But, not that but, important right now. No, it's not, but I'll look it up. But the thing is, uh, that was the first thing I thought of when you said, so next year, right, talking about Derek Carr mm-hmm. is uh, – is he even going to be playing for the team? I mean, we're talking about comparing, Is will Hurts be making more money? Well, Hurts will also be playing for the same team, and he'll have led his team to the playoffs. So, And, yes, by the way, last week Derek Carr on the injury report, limited on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday and Friday. It was due to a back injury. So um, it, it, it. I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be playing for the Raiders next year. I, I don't know where who's going to be the scapegoat for what took place this year. I personally am still going to stand on the soapbox that it's the coaching staff because you came in and you changed. Let's let's let me put something in perspective, okay? This is the same team that endured an early season coaching change when a very controversial subject came up regarding John Gruden. This is the same team that endured an incredible tragedy. RIP Tina Tintor. Okay? This is a team that battled injuries last year, had an interim coach in Rich Basaccia and everyone was saying, "Man, look at Derek Carr. He's leading this team. You know, he's holding it together. He's been the leader in the locker room, so on and so forth. What's different about this team other than Devontae Adams? Is Devontae Adams the problem? You're going to tell me Devontae Adams is the problem on this team? Champ Jones is the problem of this team? I don't think so. So... I don't like the fact that Derek Carr could be made out to be the scapegoat this season, but the fact of the matter is the Las Vegas Raiders went through a lot more last season off the field and made it to the playoffs behind a leader like Derek Carr. This year, they're 2-5 and five under a new coaching staff with a lot of changes they had to go through.
1: Number one. All right, you and I came on Monday after the loss against the Saints, and especially uh, me, I was griping heavily about the lack of touches for Josh Jacobs. Let's get back to getting the guy, you know, 22, 25 touches, and everything should work this week against the Jaguars, right, Willie? But the Jaguars are actually sneaky good on defense, right?
2: They are, but this is a team that I think you can run against them. That's just it. It's it's a matter of getting your power rushing game uh, going. The Eagles they rush for two they rush for two hundred and ten pass for only one ninety one they beat the Jaguars the uh, Texans put together a balanced effort and beat this team the Colts funny as it is they threw for three hundred eighty nine yards rush for only forty five the Giants ran for two thirty six threw for only two hundred beat this team so it's been shown that. As efficient as this team may have shown, or scrappy that the Jaguars' defense has been, it's it. We've seen teams that have beaten them, uh, beaten the Jaguars, use a power rushing game to open things up, balance things out. What happened when the when McDaniels got went away from it? Well, not good things. So I think that you definitely have to go. You have to turn toward a little bit. Um, but I think that this is this is one of those weeks. We just talked about this a little bit ago about consistency. Where you have to use your rushing game to open things up, create things. Waller looks like he's questionable. I, you know, I, I'm. A, he has to. You know, we have to think that he wants to get onto the uh, field this week. So, look for some balance led by the rushing game.
1: Big Four Four presented by Battle Born Injury Lawyers in both Reno and Las Vegas. Call from anywhere in Nevada 766-1400.
2: There is a level of, you know, we're looking forward to having a, a full group out there that's able to work week to week and improve week to week. And, you know, I think that will that will pay dividends. But, you know, it, like I said, it hasn't been good enough up to this point. So would we have expected it? You know, do we want it to be better? Do we expect it to be better? Yes.
0: It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas
1: and ESPN Sports Reno. Let's break down the NFL. TJ Huchmanzada played uh, wide receiver in the National Football League. He gives uh, Cofield and company Stephen Willie, a couple minutes here on this Friday. TJ, how are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing well. How are you
1: guys? We're great. We are great. You know what? I actually wanted to start off with uh, something non-football, and I'm sure you've been paying attention to uh, what's happened with Kyrie Irving. Do you have any thoughts on suspending a guy for a retweet? I mean,
0: you've you got to understand that – Whatever you, you retweet or you put on your social media, whether you agree with everything or not, it seems that way. And being a black man myself, listen, man, like, I grew up in California, and so it's a melting pot of different races of different people. And so I grew up with all kinds of different races. Man, just why can't we treat each other the way we want to be treated? If we all did that, we wouldn't have a problem. I tell my kids this every morning I take them to school. You treat people how you want to be treated. And if we did that, we would have no problem. so when you put that on your social media platform, it comes off as if I support everything that's in this documentary because you're endorsing it. And so Tyree's a smart individual, man. So hopefully he can learn from this and he can come out of this better. I'm a better person, but... Just hate of any kind, any racism. I mean, we we don't need any of that in this society. Um, Just treat people how you want to be treated.
1: TJ Huzmanzada is up with us with Cofield and company. All right, uh, football last night, the Eagles moved to uh, 8-0, and uh, Jalen Hurts does another solid job. What do you think of Hurts, and is Hurts as good or better than the other guys in his draft class, Herbert, Burrow, and Tua? Listen, Jalen Hurts is really good. And he's playing lights out football.
0: He's taking that jump. I I, I was fortunate enough to be out on the field with Jalen Hurts quite a few times this summer out here in California just working when nobody's around, no cameras, just out here with the quarterback coaches. I'm trying to get better. And he put that work in when it was lonely and when it was hard. And now he's reaping the benefits of that. He, he's seeing uh, the results of all the hard work that he's put in now to say that. He's ahead of Burrow and Herbert and Tua. I would say no. The way he's playing this year, you can make an argument, but what they did, when I say they, that's Burrow and Herbert, he has the ways to catch up with them. Tua's playing well. And so that's a really good quarterback class, at least it's panning out to be thus far. But Jalen Hurts has done well. The Eagles, you got to give Tiriani a ton of credit. The general manager, a ton of credit. They go get A.J. Brown, and it's like, wow, this is a new office. They get Gardner Johnson. Wow, he's leading the league in picks. And so they've made moves, and the moves that they've made have helped them tremendously.
2: Speaking of T.J. Hujamanzada, T.J., let me ask you this. A hot topic in Las Vegas, obviously, is the Raiders. We just got done talking about this in, like, Right now at 2-5, and five, you look at the, the makeup of this team, the, the addition is Devontae Adams. Last year, this team went through so much off the field, and yet it came together under the leadership, obviously, of Derek Carr in the locker room, Rich Passaccia as the interim coach. Where do you place... What's taking place with this team? Is there blame to place? Is it? Do you say, well, they're going through a new change, new coach? But you can say that about a lot of teams that are succeeding. What's going on with the Raiders from your perspective?
0: Hell yes, yeah, it's it's concern. Like <laughs> I think the Raiders would do very well this year. They're they're shocking me, man. I'm shocked that they're not doing like Josh McDaniels has been a head coach before. All the failures that he had in Denver. You expect that to not be the case. You get to Las Vegas with a proven quarterback, the best receiver in the league, one of the best slot receivers, arguably the best tight end in the league, and this is what you're doing on offense? Like, it's not about plays. It's about the players in the plays. So when I call a play, I'm not just calling a play. I'm calling a play to get Devontae Adams the ball. I'm calling a play to get Hunter Renfro the ball. I'm calling a play to get Darren Waller the ball. Let's not work, stop worrying about plays and worry about players. Like, Devontae Adams is getting one target a game, mm. and he's probably not going to complain, but I'm going to complain for him. That's BS. Devontae Adams should get ten targets a game, minimum, if you want to win. And so, and we're just talking offense. You got Taylor Jones on the defense. You got Max Crosby on the other side, like, I have no idea what's going on with the Raiders, man, because they should be much better than what they are. McDaniel, I mean, you look at Josh leaving New England. They're struggling without him. So he's missed in New England. It's just I don't understand what's missing in Las Vegas. My advice is it's call plays for the players. Let's get Devontae Adams 10 to 15 targets every game, and I guarantee the games are different. I guarantee if they throw him the ball 10 to 15 times, oh, all of a sudden the games will be different.
2: Well, and they did that in the opening game. They targeted him 17 times. It seems like that's been the question. Like, how many times are we going to do and, and it's almost like he's toying with it because when he up the up the ante with Josh Jacobs, involving the rushing game to get the passing game to work, it worked because there was a balance. All of a sudden, you're you're targeting uh, Devontae Adams. And you got Matt Collins. Uh, you know, one of them's a decoy. One of them's a target. Um, the rushing game, how important is getting back to the rushing game because it was working when – they use Josh Jacobs effectively. And Josh Jacobs can play, but they've run the ball effectively all year,
0: and they have two wins. So are you going to win through the run game or are you going to win through the pass game? Because obviously we can't win through the running game because we're not. So I'm not just going to keep doing the same thing over and over. Um, Josh Jacobs has run the ball well. That offensive line has opened up holes for him. You're two and five. Uh, let's try something different. Let's, let's let's try and get Devontae 10 targets a game and see what happens. Like, they, the Raiders should just be better. I, there's just no way around it. Carr is proven. It's not like Derek Carr can't play. Carr is proven to be a guy that can get it done. Devontae, like, the coaches, the, the system, it's proven. I don't understand the failure and what's going on, but they need to figure this out because I thought they were going to be much better.
1: And time's running out. I mean, there's not a lot a lot of time to make up for the slow start. We're talking to TJ Huchmanzada, NFL veteran who played with the Raiders, a wide receiver in the National Football League. So we got Bucks and Rams going at it. Uh Bucks are three and five, Rams are three and four. Do you expect either team to turn things around and finish the year in the playoffs with, say, ten wins?
0: I expect the Bucks, because their division is a lot easier. I do not foresee the Rams turning it around and making it to the playoffs this year. That- they're too reliant on Cooper Cup. Um, they cannot run the ball at all, and so because the Bucks division with, with Carolina and Atlanta leading it in the, in the Bucks, right now, I foresee the Bucks. They'll 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 recover. They'll make the playoffs, but the Rams, I don't believe the Rams are going to get
1: in the playoffs. By the way, you mentioned the Rams and their reliance on Cooper Cup. Did we find out last week that maybe there's too much reliance on Jamar Chase for the Bengals? What the hell happened to the Bengals against the Browns?
0: Oh, 95 for uh, Cleveland.
1: Miles Garrett. That's what happened. And <laughs> that's what happened.
0: They couldn't they could block him, they, they, they couldn't block Miles Garrett at all. They could not stop the run. And so it was a plethora of things, but if the main thing was they could not protect Joe. And, yeah, are they relying on Jamar? Yeah. Yes. But Denzel Ward didn't play T. Higgins. Uh, I assumed he would have had a better game. But when you can't protect the quarterback, it's tough. But this stuff goes hand-in-hand, hand, man. You can have the best quarterback in the world. If you don't have nobody to throw it to, uh, what is it going to look like? Oh, let's go after Aaron Rodgers and rebate. Now his receiver's gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was a massive win for the Browns. They keep themselves alive as they wait for Deshaun Watson to come back. They're 3-5. and five. I got a question for you. They just announced that Watson will start when he comes back. Should he get the gig right away? Brissette has actually played really well.
0: <laughs> They're 3-5. and five. How well has he played?
1: You know, well, so he's, a, he's, I mean, he's actually he's a top-10 rated quarterback, and you know the, the quarterback doesn't determine everything with your win-loss record.
0: He, he's done well. Let me not say that. He, he has done well. Um... But when you give Deshaun Watson the contract that you give him, it's no debate. It's no, I, They would literally have to have been 11-0 and 0 for it to be a question, like a thought. And, and so, yes, yeah, 100% when Deshaun Watson comes back, and it's not going to be easy. He hasn't played football in a long time. But, yes, he should be the quarterback because the last time we actually were able to see Deshaun Watson on the football field or National Football League, uh, he was pretty damn good. And, and so – He'll get that back. It will take some time. But their ceiling with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback is, is really high
1: compared to uh, Jacobin Brissett. T.J. Hujmanzada with us. Uh, last minute here, I wanted to mention a college football point with you. Um, you know, we all saw what happened with uh, the tragedy with Migos and, and takeoff in, in Houston. Did you see that Deion Sanders told his uh, Jackson State guys when they go to Houston this week to play Texas Southern? You can't leave the hotel. What do you think of that?
0: As you should. I mean, you just – you never know what's going to happen. Houston is a lively city. So, you want to kind of get out there. And he's doing what any coach should do. Dion comes from that background and that culture that he kind of knows what's going on. And when he says something, you're going to listen to it, and you're going to listen to it intently. You're not just going to listen to it like it's any other coach. Um, And so – I think he's making the right decision. You, you have to take care of these kids. They come to you as kids, and they leave, to you, as, they leave you as young adults, and you promise their parents you're going to
1: look after them, and that's what he's doing. TJ, we appreciate it, man. Thank you. Y'all take care. There he is, TJ a former NFL receiver, did have a uh, year with the Raiders, Bengals, Seahawks, and Ravens. Excellent guest on Cofield and & Company, and also over on our sister station. You hear him often on the Doug Gottlieb Show. It's Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. For all the words
0: that Kyrie said, there were two that were missing. I'm sorry. And when that didn't happen, and then he didn't say unequivocally, I don't have any Semitic beliefs, that was it. At that moment, when he didn't initially just say, I'm sorry for the pain that my posts have caused, I figured it was just a matter of time, and here we are. It's Colefield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
1: ESPN radio host Dick Friedel, also on the NBA, also on the Nets beat, talking about this saga with Kyrie Irving. Uh, he got suspended yesterday for five games by the NBA. Actually, it sounded like it was indefinite, but at least five games. Uh, he goes up to IG Willie. He apologizes. I'm not saying I don't accept the apology. But I don't even understand the point of apologizing now. And actually, I don't. I don't really understand the point of apologizing if you actually believe much of what you saw in the film that he retweeted, a promo for. Then don't apologize. It's cosmetic, right? Yeah. It's. It's. It, he's been forced to apologize here, and I'm actually. I'm kind of taken up for the side of Kyrie Irving. I don't like that he retweeted. You know, promotion for this movie, um, but I get uncomfortable when leagues start coming in and suspending people for language and thought violation. I think it's a, a dangerous road to go down. And this dude has now been forced, and on IG he said, to all the Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you the pain and I apologize. Uh, I want to clarify any confusion where I stand on fighting against anti-Semitism by apologizing for posting the documentary without context and a factual explanation. Boy oh boy, I, Kyrie's a, a pretty smart guy. Um, this almost looks like it was written in sort of a legal sense. Not that he's in legal harm's way, but it's weird. And see, again, I don't care if he apologizes or not. So I'm not saying I don't accept the apology and it's not for me to accept it or not, or it's, it's not. Um, but I just find these forced apologies. I act, I'm bothered by the suspension, Willie.
2: <sighs> Man, it's such a – you know, and, and you saw what I wrote when I sent over. I knew we had to talk about it, right? We have yeah. to talk about it. We can't.
1: I know you don't want to.
2: Right. And I, and, but it, and, Well, I sent, I sent over a topic and I said, this is what we'll talk about. But I'm not talking any further past that because it's so difficult, Steve, because – you know, first of all, you're right. Okay, this dude should not have to apologize, and I don't mean where he's right, but in the fact that if this is the way you feel and this is the way you want to um, damage your brand in in with anti-Semitic remarks, and that's how you feel, then stand by them. But there's a different way at, from an organizational standpoint in which you can sort of make your point. You, you can't suspend him when there's freedom of speech and he should be able to speak how he wants. If that's how he feels and it's an ugly way to feel, then disassociate yourself from the person. Yeah. Remove the character from the roster. If you don't like that character right. and you don't like what he believes, then just disassociate yourself. But to start disciplining and suspending for the freedom for, against the freedom of speech, well it it, it, it kind of takes away from that right aren't we supposed to be able to say how we feel like right now i'm telling you that i don't feel as if this dude should have to apologize that's my freedom of speech but i also don't agree with anti-semitic beliefs and sort of hate speech if you will um and this stems back to things that have to do right with kanye and and and, and his you know but you know, then Kanye, and he's losing all of his sponsorships and whatnot. Okay, so does that mean that I probably shouldn't have wore Yeezys? Because I don't support anti-Semitic, and I don't support uh, support hate speech, but uh, I'm also not going to throw away or burn my, you know, three $400 shoes. So it, it's it's a very fine line. Kevin Durant, I, I actually think Kevin Durant nailed it. Now, I don't know how you could remain quiet. He said the Brooklyn Nets should have remained quiet. I don't know how you do that, but there, 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 is a, there are ways to handle this a little bit differently, I think. It's Cofield
1: and Company with the Battle Born Sports Hour, presented by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400.
3: Wings is done, baby. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, my nice little custom cutting board. And what do we put on them wings? Ooh, wait. We heat barbecue, baby. All purpose. Sure to make your taste buds pop. Grillin' McMillan.
0: It's time for Grillin' McMillan with ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark
1: McMillan on Cofield and Company. The former Eagle, former NFL cornerback Mighty Mac is in with Cofield and Company. Steve Cofield, Willie Ramirez, Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, and I'm down in San Diego.
3: Mark, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How you doing down there? I'm seeing you taking pictures of the water. I'm a little jealous right
1: now. Well, I'll send out an update on the hotel view in about 15 minutes on Twitter. <laughs> so take it, take a look at that, and then we can complete that story. So uh, yeah, but San Diego's uh, San Diego's awesome. One of my favorite trips of the year, uh, each and every year, at least with the uh, Running Rebels going on the road. So let's talk Raiders. What is going on? Now we we've been through seven games here, and Woo. Derek Carr's been very up and down it almost seems like he's going backwards a little bit.
3: Yeah, it, it seems that way. It's like, you know, he takes one step forward, and then he takes, like, three or four steps backwards. And, you know, just looking at the performance last week, I'm sure, like everybody else, it was, like, mind-boggling that you can have a, a subpar performance against the Houston Texans, and then you go to New Orleans, who a game I picked him to win in a close victory, but he looked like a rookie. It was like he was lost out there. It's like... Him and Josh cannot be on the same page with some of the things that I've seen. I don't know. I just don't understand how you can be have all those weapons around you. You got you got Renfro with what one pass? Uh, Devontae Adams had five
2: targets and one catch. Are you kidding me? Grillin, I and to to that point, um, Darren Waller talked about the complexity of this offense, this system. And since training camp, it, it was like everybody sort of loved it. They loved what was involved. They loved how many people were involved. They did talk about getting used to it. But, man, 11 games in, this team had an extra preseason game. Now 11 games, even if they didn't play in the preseason, which I said the starters should have got in there to get used to it. But it, Darren Walsh said it has taken time for a lot of people. Well, how much time could it take? Yeah, we don't have that much time here. You know, the time
3: is running out. Uh, you know, Raider Nation is pissed off, as they should be. Um, you know, the press conference are the same old rhetoric. Um, we're getting better. We're figuring things out. Um, you know, it, it, as a professional football player, man, uh, I've, I've played on, what, five different teams and five different systems. I didn't need I didn't need five or six weeks to, to figure it out. You know, you've got to get in there right now and cover this guy, figure out the defensive scheme figure out the game plan, and make it freaking happen. Uh, it, it, I just don't understand this ball club. Obviously, Waller is hurt. You know, you don't want to rush a hamstring because you don't want to lose him for more than the season. But the season is on the line every week. We need him out there, you know, to be effective. But I, I, I don't get it, man. I, it was so frustrating. And then the secondary, the defense, the way they played last week, it was like they should have stayed here in Vegas with us, man, and just, and just hung out at Treasure Island.
2: Speaking with... Former NFL star Mark McMillan, Mark. I, so let me ask you this: Is it also a problem that you've been out there? You've heard the press conferences that Carr, at times, he'll go, "Hey, I'm just doing what I'm told. I'm just doing yep. what I'm told. It's just, you know, I'm just. I believe in it, but I'm just doing what I'm told, or you know, yeah. or vice versa. However, but it's it's very scapegoatish. Yeah, I, I'm doing
3: what I'm told. At some point, as a NFL player, as the franchise quarterback. You're in charge of the offense. You can check off if you don't see anything that that, that you like. You can run that offense. If you've been studying this offense and you're, you're excited about the offense and then all this other you – know, it's the same rhetoric. Willie, you see it at, at the press conference. It's like you can, just, you can just run the same press conference for the first seven weeks and it's the same verbiage. Nothing has changed. I don't see no fire out of Derek Carr. It's the same, hey, we're getting better, we're figuring things out. I don't want to hear that, man.
2: <laughs> Mark is – Money Mac.
1: Mark McMillan is with us. Sorry, Willie. Willie mm-hmm. Ramirez, Steve Cofield. Uh, what are you seeing with the defensive backs? Deron Harmon's having a good year, but beyond that, Rocky yeah. Sin's been okay. Um, they've
3: struggled at times. Uh, big time. Um, and It's got to be tough with a defensive coordinator because you really don't want to put those guys in a lot of man coverage. Uh, you know, Harmon is having a good year. He's a veteran, but this is year 10 or 11 for him. Uh, he's been playing in some big games his whole career. Uh, Rockson is, is, you know, he's been playing okay, uh, but you know, a- Averitt, you know, it, it, I don't understand it, Steve. That the last game against the Saints, it was like, it was, it, it was like, a, I, I can't even say Bishop Gorman because maybe those guys could figure it out better than that. But there were guys winning wide open, guys were missing tackles, there was a lack of effort. Uh, the linebacker play was 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 something that you know Kamara it. And they couldn't figure it out. Like, he's a wide out. You can't put one of our linebackers expect to cover him out of the backfield. And he
2: made them look really bad. Let's talk about your boys, Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I refuse to take any – I will not take anything (laughs) away from them. They're undefeated. They're playing well. I love to see what this defense has been doing. And you're talking about a a longtime Cowboy fan since 1976. But I'm impressed. But here's the one thing. The competition, Mark, it, it 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 could be a problem when they get to the postseason and they play a team that had a tougher schedule, battle tested. How impressed are you when you consider the competition that's played?
3: Um, you got to you got to win the games that's on your schedule. You know anybody can be beat in the National Football League, and we see it every week. We pick a team to, to win, and that team doesn't win. You know it looks good on paper. But if you look at their offense, man, and what Jalen is able to do with that offense, they can score with anybody at any given time. And obviously, you know, with the secondary play, uh, you know, getting getting up, you know, some good guys in the secondary. Uh, you know, the D line is playing real good. Fletcher Cox is playing good. Uh, you know, Graham is playing at a high level. Uh, Darius Slay is is becoming one of the best defensive backs in the National Football League. Uh, so as a whole, man, they're they're clicking on all cylinders and. You just got to beat the teams that you get that that you're supposed to beat, and you know, coming off a short week, and then going to fly into Houston and being able to pull out the victory, uh, very impressive. Um, I th- I would say the varsons I can't say Washington. I'm thinking the, the Commanders. You know, they're they're getting healthy, and you know, there, there's a team that's on the rise as well. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, obviously with Dak back, they're going to be a problem, but the Eagles are playing really good football right now.
1: Mighty Mac, Mark McMillan is with us, the former Eagle. Let's talk a little college football. We'll get to uh, your school, Bama, here in a second. Woo-hoo! Can Tennessee Uh-oh. pull off the upset against Georgia? Can the O beat the great D?
3: You know what? I, I think they can, Steve. Uh, you know, obviously, it's going to be tough down there in Athens, Georgia, between the hedges. Uh, I'm sure Herschel Walker will probably be down there politicking uh, at the ticket booth. <laughs> but, you know, it should be exciting, man. Uh, their-, their offense is explosive. Uh, they have two of the best receivers in, the- in, the- uh, in college football. Uh, obviously, Georgia, they have like three or four guys that's going to be drafted first round overall. Uh, so it should be a really good SEC battle. And when Tennessee is good, college football is good. You know, it, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I hope those guys beat each other up. You know, it doesn't matter for Alabama. Obviously, we're on the other side of the division, but it should be a very exciting game. And, you know, nothing like a good rivalry, Tennessee and Georgia.
1: Alabama's playing a resurgent LSU team. It's in Baton Rouge. Did you get to play a night game at LSU during your Bama
3: career? Yeah, I did play it down there my, my sophomore year. Um, we went down there, and when I played, they had the Tiger right outside our locker room, and they had speakers inside the cage. <laughs> and when we were walking out the cage. They, they hit the Tiger with it like this stick or something and got him real upset. Steve, I went back in the locker room. I said, there's no way I'm going to walk by that Tiger. <laughs> There's no way I'm walking by this cage. If that tiger gets out, we're all dead. But it's one of the best atmospheres. Uh, obviously, playing in the SEC, every atmosphere is great. But when that sun goes down, it's something different. I don't know what it is. Maybe the jungle juice and the gumbo kicks in when the sun goes down. But it's a hostile environment. Uh, we came out of there with a victory. Uh, but, you know, this week, uh, you know, we, got a, we got, they got a good LSU team. You know, they got their offenses doing real well. Uh, they got the transfer quarterback from ASU. They got two of the top receivers in the country. Uh, obviously, we got one of the best quarterbacks in Bryce Young. Uh, so we got to bring our lunch pail, man. It's going to be a good old fashioned battle, and we can't lose. If we lose, we're out of the playoff picture. That's it.
2: Listen, listen. I don't care where you're at, even at your age, you are not supposed to be walking by any kind of jungle animal because you know why you smell like a snack because you're always smoking chicken. You're smoking ribs. They smell that food, bro. And that spicy honey you gave me, forget about it. Are you kidding me? I got more, come up with more recipes for that company. They better start endorsing me. Hey, we better we we, we got to check in on Adam. Adam had like a little pinch, and he was over, He was in the meeting room, sweating in the press conference. I, he was <laughs> wait. But did I imitate and tell you exactly what would take place? You guys, let me put a little bit on Adam's finger. I said, no, don't do that because he, he's gonna first. He's gonna he's gonna choke up a little bit. Then his eyes are gonna get water. He's gonna pull his baseball cap off, and he's gonna wipe through his hair. And if he didn't do, do those exact same things, bro, if I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm sitting right here at Treasure Island, am I right? Yeah, you're right, man. That Mike hot uh, honey uh, the hot sauce is really good, Steve. I got to make sure I
3: get you some as well. Uh, stay nice. tuned, man. I'm getting ready to drop my uh, my infused olive oils next week. That will be on sale uh, online as well, so I'm excited about that, man. And and, and I just I just want to grill. I know Willie's been talking about his seasons and his spices, Steve. We got to get on the grill, man. We got to see whose spices is the best. Let's right. get it.
1: Big collaboration uh mark mcmillan is with us let's close on this so willie just mentioned smoking the chicken a little bit unique yeah. so i saw some uh, what you had some quarters on the grill after yeah. smoking them
3: yeah i had a lead quarter i smoked it man it took about about two and a half hours uh smoked it about 175 uh you know obviously you know used my grill mcmillan spices that i had and then i used i finished it off with my grill mcmillan sweet heat barbecue sauce so it came out really good came out really tender uh, my son smashed it. He ate it like he was like a, 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 a like a caveman. He just grabbed it by the leg and just chewed off the little part of the thigh. <laughs> <laughs> nice,
1: nice. Uh, Mark, final minute, uh, one more college football topic. I don't know if this has actually happened yet because uh, there were some unfounded reports that Deion Sanders was talking with Auburn. Yeah. what do you think What do you think if Auburn grabs Deion Sanders as their next head coach?
3: Yeah, I don't see that. fit I don't see that as a good fit, you know, just because of Deion's personality uh, and what he brings to the table. Um, that's a different ball game down there in Auburn. You know, they're they're a little pansy down there. They're a little tight, you know. Right. So I don't I don't think that'll be a, a good fit for him. He's doing a great job at uh, Jackson State, getting them on a national level. They were just on ESPN the other day. They had College Game base down there in Mississippi. But I just can you see Deion Sanders trolling the the, the, the sidelines of Auburn University? I, I just can't see it, but we all know, Steve, money talks.
1: Yeah, and they're they're feeling desperate right now. I mean, they just fired a guy after 21 games, so they're, they're trying to win in any <laughs> way they can. So maybe they're going to reinvent the wheel and, and uh, hire a guy like Deion Sanders. So All right, Mark, so we appreciate it, brother.
3: I, I don't want to help Auburn out at all. I don't care if I've been playing <laughs> for 30 years has gone by. Right? I don't want to see Auburn win. So whoever they hire, good luck, and, and we'll see you in the Iron Bowl. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it, man. Enjoy San Diego. And you know me, We need to get that victory. Come on, Arroyo. We need that victory, baby.
1: There he is, Mark McMillan. And by the way, uh, terming it as reinventing the wheel by hiring Deion Sanders is not the correct terminology. Um, I think Dion could be a power five coach, but that's probably not the right spot. And I don't, I, if you're Deion, unless, and Dion doesn't need the money, um, unless you're going to look at it like a cash grab, uh, I could see him going in there, not winning initially, and then they grow tired of him like they do with Everyone else, the whole situation is completely absurd. Tomorrow, Treasure Island, Willie will be hosting another show on ESPN Las Vegas. If you're in Reno, you can hear the show on lbsportsnetwork.com. He'll be at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar with Gooch. They've got breakfast at Treasure Island. If you're in Vegas, go on down and watch college football and enjoy the chorizo con papas, the breakfast sandwich, the chicken chilaquiles, or the breakfast meat lovers quesadilla. It's a live show, 9 o'clock on Saturday morning with... Willie and Gooch coming back five o'clock hour.